0: your daily dose of Donna. Today we have such a fun show. It's Thursday, November 9th. We're so close to Friday. It's Friday Eve. You know, Friday's my favorite day, but today is going to be so fun. You guys, I have Morgan. Morgan from Morgan's Pop Talks, and she is going to be here. We have been um, on each other's shows a couple times. We talk all kinds of reality. She's so good at covering so many things reality-wise, and I know she was at BravoCon this weekend, so I wanna hear her take on it. And then we're going to talk about so many other fun things. Just a reminder for those of you that haven't checked into the Daily Dose of Donna Facebook group, we're closing on 3,000 members, which is an exciting number. And of course, if you're new here to subscribe and leave a five-star review and rating on Apple Podcasts, those are always appreciated. I see all your comments coming on in. I'm bringing Morgan on up. You guys be nice. Welcome her in with open doser arms. Here you go.
1: What's Morgan! Hello! You're here!
0: <laughs> Do we like it close up or far away? I can't decide.
1: Ooh, I can't decide either. I kind of like it close up.
0: I feel like we're in each other's room. We're <laughs> hanging out with each other. I love it. Okay, Morgan, I need to know. Well, number one, congratulations. You just got married.
1: Thank you. So happy for you. Thank you. How was,
0: how was it coming to BravoCon with your new husband?
1: I have to just say... I picked a winner. I have the best husband in the world because he supports me so much. And, you know, you would think that dragging your husband to BravoCon, they'd be like dragging their feet around. But like David jumped in head first. You know, he went into the weekend saying... I'm going to be your photog. I'll take all your videos. I'll take all your pictures for you. But he was in every single photo smiling just as big as I was, you know, and I had him on my podcast doing a live um, podcast while we were in Las Vegas. And he was like in it. He had all these pop culture takes. And I was like, who are you? Like, am I turning you into a monster? But he's full force in and we just love a supportive husband. So I was so glad that he got to come. It was his first time in Las Vegas. Oh, that's fun. My first time in Vegas. I've been there one other time just for 24 hours for a job interview. So I didn't get to actually do anything. Um, but yeah, we had a great time. I'm sad that I missed you though.
0: I know. You know, I realized going to, and I was trying to give everyone kind of like my take on it being my first year at at BravoCon. I've been to Vegas thousands of times. I mean, probably not hundreds of times in my whole life because I'm in LA. It's so easy to go over there, but it's so hard to really connect with so many people. If you run into them, you're lucky. But I had so many friends that I was texting the entire time. Like, I hope I see you. Where are you going to be? And it's just so hard. And it's one of those things that's almost easier just to say like, F at all. If I see you, I see you. (laughs) But I know that Friday night, I got in on Friday. You went to BravoCon all day Friday, which Mm -hmm. I'm going to do next year. I have to go to the opening day, I've decided. I have a few things that I need to do for next year, including bringing my husband, Lance. Yes. Because I actually think it's really nice to have someone like that that is just there to support you and kind Mm -hmm. of be your your person, although I secretly think Lance and probably your husband is his name David. What's his name again? Yeah,
1: David. David.
0: I think Lance and David are secret, like reality fans. Oh, right. Do you sure. think? He's yeah. In it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, so I, I feel like next. Well, so what happened was I was sitting getting drinks and you had texted me something about a TikTok that you had posted. And I was like, where are you tonight? Thinking like you're out and about. You were like, I'm sleeping. You were in bed at 7 p.m.
1: I know. It's really embarrassing. But you have to remember two things. One, I was severely jet lagged because I'm in the Midwest. I'm in Ohio. So Mm -hmm. technically seven o'clock for me was 10 o'clock. But also I'm on um, the I work on a morning show. That's like my Real job. So I'm up on the East Coast every day at 5 a.m. Which so 2 I was just all yeah, I was all out of sorts. Um, yeah, the
0: first day is hard.
1: We made it a little bit later every single night. And I will say I have been exhausted all week. I mean, I just now today feel like a human. Um, mm-hmm. but I tried, <laughs> I tried to stay up.
0: No, it really takes it out of you, and everyone that I've talked to was that was there because it was so on, it's almost like um. You're on, like, overstimulation. Oh, yeah. Vegas is already overstimulating, but when you know that you're there to do this – And I was listening to – um, I love Bitch Sesh. That's, like, one of my favorite weekly shows that I'll always listen to. But they had Jarrett Weiselman, I want to say his name is. He's a reporter. He's, been, he's worked with a bunch of different um, – you know, networks and publications, but he was at Bravo Con and giving them the scoop. And he's like, it was the craziest thing because I'm around stars all the time, mm-hmm. but there's something about being with reality stars that you watch every week and that right. you feel really like, you know, yeah. that you're almost so starstruck by it. It is a whole different beast than, Walking by, you know, someone that you've just seen in a magazine a couple times.
1: Yeah, well, that's honestly why I say I gravitate towards reality TV, um, because you know my my job on the morning show is to cover all things pop culture. So I do do a lot of music. It's like a top forty station, so a lot of music, a lot of movies, a lot of TV. But a, you know, there's no like movie star that you can slide into their DMs and they'll respond to you. Um, there's no A list celebrity that's like watching you know, your TikToks and commenting on it or whatever. So I do feel like a, when you're watching somebody on a reality show and you feel like, you know, you're you're watching their actual live and they interact with you, you do feel like you know them. And eventually you do kind of garnish some type of, you know, professional relationship when you interview them and when you see them in places like BravoCon. So I Yeah, like- you do
0: you feel friendly with them. But you know, what's crazy, and I noticed this this weekend is they know you too, right? Mm -hmm. So especially if you're someone, you know, you and I are both podcasters, but we're also a lot on TikTok and Mm -hmm. Instagram. And so our faces are shown, you know, there's a lot of people that you know, you wouldn't maybe not necessarily recognize they have a weekly show, but they don't do a lot of video content, right? But Because we do so much video content, and we're talking about these people, let's like not think for a second that they're not you know, on TikTok searching their name. Oh, right. Or at least it's in their algorithm and it's coming up. So I have a question about that for you because I mentioned it yesterday. I was talking on my Patreon about Tamara Judge who, you know, I personally like Tamara in maybe not as much like her character on Real Houses, but as a person, I've had really nice exchanges with her Mm -hmm. and she follows me and, you know, comments on stuff. And when I saw her in Vegas it wasn't like, hi, nice to meet you. She knew who I was. We hugged. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. My question is, because you have that with some of those, those um, like a lot of the summer house girls. Yeah. I know you and Lindsay are really close. Do you find it really hard to talk badly about any of these people because you know that you, they're going to see you?
1: Yeah. I find it hard to talk badly about people in general, you know, like even if I'm not liking them. And I think that's something that I intentionally try to do differently because I know that a lot of people, you know, aren't afraid to give, you know, a harsh opinion. But to me, another reason why I love reality TV is because I feel like, you know, these people, you do see them as a human. And even like, you know, I, I have a huge summer house audience. I would say it's probably one of the top shows that I comment on. Um, and even like last season when I was not agreeing with Danielle whatsoever and the way that she was acting, Mm. I still had to remember, like, she's a human being feeling these emotions. So how would I, how would I convey what I'm feeling about Danielle as if she was my best friend? You know what Mm. I mean? So I've actually talked to a couple of reality stars about that specifically with my page. You know, they're like, we appreciate the, some bachelor um, people have told me this, you know, I might be the villain, but I appreciate that you don't make me feel like a villain, even though it's like, you know, implied and not said. Um but I will say, you know, I am a bit of a Lindsay Hubbard apologist and I can admit mm-hmm. that. And I think that sometimes the other castmates know that. Like I've always been under the impression that Kyle Cook does not like me. Now, I've never said anything like bad about him. Um there's obviously situations where I disagree with him. Obviously when he's like yelling at women, I don't love that. Um and doing all other kinds of crazy stuff, but I met him in a Bravo Palooza this weekend and You know, he sees me and he goes, you're... Morgan. Like that. Oh. And I was like, I was like, oh God. I was you like, should have just yeah. said
0: I'm Morgan. You should have said I'm Morgan Wade and then just ran.
1: <laughs> I was like, yeah, I am. Carl gave us the first non-Al Glover boy. It's really great. You know, trying to like soften the blow. And eventually, you know, it was a, it was a better exchange and they both Amanda and Kyle were very nice. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's wild to, they know who you are and they know what you have said about totally. Them totally. And
0: it's tough because I like, I don't know. Here's the thing. When you're on a reality show or when you're a public figure, you're going to have to expect that people will either like you or not like you, Mm -hmm. or maybe some will feel indifferent, but the ones that are talking about you and that's their job, they're going to say, I think the good podcasters do give a little opinion and not just report what happens on the show because yeah. it's boring that way. You want to yeah. talk about a little bit, you know, your feelings or your take on things. Mm-hmm. I think it's part of the game, but I do think that some people like Tamara was saying about the, the these two girls that run another podcast about Housewives. She said on her show that they're evil and super mean because they don't like her. So there is there is this weird talent podcaster kind of drama that's popping yeah. up a lot lately. And I don't like it at all. It makes me so uncomfortable. Like everyone was asking, cause you know, and we can talk just very briefly a little bit about like the Heather McDonald, Jeff Lewis, but I don't really want to get that much into it today. Cause Jeff didn't cover it. And I just like, it's almost too much, but a lot of people keep asking, did you see Heather McDonald? Did you see Heather McDonald? Cause she's blocked me on Instagram and I know she doesn't clearly, obviously that means she's not a fan, right. which I was like, thank God I didn't see her. Like, I don't want <laughs> confrontation. I don't yeah. want, I cannot. I can't. Yeah.
1: But I do think too, like when you get the face-to-face interaction with people, um, like with me and Kyle this weekend, for example, I feel like it kind of put both of our guards down, where it's like, you still have a sense of humanity about you, you know, like I can comment on the show and I can have an opinion on something you do. I don't think that that makes you an inherently evil person, you know, Mm. and we can still, whatever, we can just be normal humans to each other. And I think that's how I approached that situation with both Kyle and Amanda. And I did walk away feeling better about, you know, because I know he knows who I am. And even Amanda uh, in the past has like liked some comments about me that I didn't necessarily think was so nice. Um, But like she DM'd me, you know, after the weekend saying, Thank you for being excited about the non-alcoholic lover boy. Like we'll keep you posted. It was nice chatting. So awesome. Yeah. It comes with the territory and I think you just have to be mindful, but that face-to-face interaction actually does help in my, in my personal opinion.
0: Yeah. I think it does kind of just like, we're just people, right? This is our job. You're doing your job. And we're doing our job. Um, so so non-alcoholic lover boy is coming out, and Carl is working with Lover Boy again. I heard. Yes. Yes. So how is it with you and Carl? Did you see Carl? And is it weird? Because you were when he was with Lindsay, he probably knew you as like, you know, loved on you, but right now it's a little weird. It's gotta be. It is.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah. So just full transparency, I am friends with Lindsay. Um, We became friends actually last year at BravoCon. But she actually said the same thing to me. Like, she's like, you know, I can be very, very polarizing, but I appreciate the way you talk about me and the way you talk about the show. And that's not saying that I always agree with everything Lindsay does because we've all seen the show. (laughs) You know, we can't agree with everything Lindsay does. Um, But we became friends. And obviously, Back then, she was engaged to Carl. Um, We also met the both of them when they came to Cleveland um, for Mm -hmm. a Loverboy event back when uh, Carl was with Loverboy the first time. And uh, my husband, David, is five years sober. So Carl and David really bonded over that. And I was even talking to Kyle about or Kyle Carl about coming on my show and talking about mental health and sobriety in the in the reality TV world, because it's kind of like a taboo subject. And, you know, he gets the boring label and all these other things because he's sober, which I think is kind of messed up. But anyways, yeah, it's hard for me because whenever they um, broke up, you know, you do feel like on a human level, you have to pick a side. Um, I'm I mean, I'm closer with Lindsay. So I, I automatically go there, but I don't think that that means I have to be rude to Carl, especially because he was still so nice to me and David. Like, um, I sent him a DM earlier in the week saying, or in the weekend saying, Hey, if you're ever in the VIP room, like, let me know we have access in there. We'll come say hi. Um, so he let me know he was going to be in there Sunday at 10 o'clock. And I didn't mention anything about like, I want to try the non alk lover boy. You know, there's only like a prototype actually of it now. They're not even, they're not being sold, nothing. So we like run into the VIP lounge. He is getting escorted out. And I'm like, Carl, you know, and he comes up and gives us a hug. And he pulls out just one single non alk lover boy out of his back pocket and gives it to David. Oh, that is son. so
0: freaking thoughtful. Yeah,
1: I know. And I mean, I said nothing about that to him. And it's stuff like that that makes it hard, you know, because yeah. while I believe he hurt my friend Lindsay and I don't like that he did that and we're kind of waiting to see how it played out um, on the season and if he, you know, if he really did set her up and all these things. Um, but. But my interaction with him and David's interaction with him has never been anything but positive. So I can't be mean to him just because, you know, my friend is going through something. Now, obviously, my allegiance is with her. You know, I'm going to be there for her if she needs to vent or whatever. But I'm not going to go out of my way to, you know, you know stiff arm carl does that make sense it's
0: yeah it's really tricky when you're on like it's like losing a friend in a in a in a divorce right, right. like if you have to you kind of have to take sides because at some point especially if it can, becomes nastier
1: right
0: if carl is like a horrible you know piece of shit towards lindsay mm-hmm. she's not going to love if you're friends with him that's just right. the truth i mean right. we would all be the same way um jeff lewis has this saying like don't fuck with people who fuck with the people that you fuck with. Like, I can't even remember what it is, but it's basically like keep, if your friends are friends with your enemies, that's going to be tricky, right? So, right. It, I think that's like that's across the board. By the way, it's very hard. I had some major drama with this woman that used to own a workout studio like five years ago, and it's so stupid. But when my best friend was still going to her gym and taking her classes when she was so horrible to me, I yeah. had a hard time with my friend. Right. So you're gonna that's that seems very you know normal, and you kind of have to take sides at some point. But it's, yeah, it's nice that Carl is. Hopefully, Carl is is not an awful human being, but it's not looking so good. Like, what know, did you think about I know. that and interview? I think,
1: I think that's part of it is that um, we haven't seen any of it. And, you know, my opinion probably will change once I see how the summer went between the two of them. Right now, all I really know is what they've both been saying in the press, which is kind of like, it, to me, feels like, okay, these two people broke up and they have very um different vantage points. So which one do you believe? Well, I don't know which one to believe right now because I haven't been able to see it, you know? And when you, when you have, it's different, like when they're your best friend that lives down the street, you know, when you're, you're living it with them and, and they calling you all the time. Yeah. But, you know, even though Lindsay and I are friends, we don't talk every day. We don't talk, even talk every week, you know? So it's just one of those And things. she also
0: like in full transparency, she knows that you have a platform and you're a public persona and you right. can share anything. So there has to be a level of like, you know, she has to be a certain kind of person. She can't show everything to everyone. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, she, she saw, you know, the picture that I posted with Carl on my Instagram story, she did respond and say, ew, which is fine. (laughs) That's (laughs) something I would do. Yeah. But that was it, you know, and and it is what it is, but she knows that, you know, when it's all said and done, my allegiance is going to be to her, but she also knows that this is my job and, you know, I can't, I can't just I can't just jump ship when I have an audience that needs to see it through just like I do.
0: Of course. And she should know that. And so when you were watching her hanging out with them behind the scenes or a VIP area or whatever, who in the cast of Summer House did you feel like was really hanging out around Lindsay? Like who do you feel like are her girls other than Danielle or her people? Yeah, I think Andrea.
1: Andrea definitely Gabby. I know her and Gabby are very close. Um, when the whole thing went down, Gabby was like her mediator between mm. her and Carl. So, like if Carl needed to get into the apartment, Gabby would kind of be the person to facilitate that. Um, as far as BravoCon goes, though, I didn't see anybody with her because they're so like Handled. I mean their schedules are so crazy and so all over the place that anytime I saw Lindsay, she was by herself.
0: Yeah. Well, she looked amazing.
1: She did. She looked incredible. I mean,
0: honestly, like, who didn't look amazing? Yes, some of their outfits were a little wild.
1: Yeah. But these <laughs> these with women...
0: No <laughs> would, oh, <laughs> Paige, oh my gosh. I mean, here's the thing. I don't mind the no pants look for certain things, like maybe a Vegas night. I thought Aaron Leachy looked insanely so hot good. in her hot pants. So good. Paige's, like, rose thing was a little much for me. I'm not going to lie. And I love Paige. I mean, she is dating my boyfriend. But other than that, I love Paige. I have such a crush on Carl. Now I have not met, I mean, Craig, sorry. I have not met, not Carl, not Carl. (laughs) I have not met Craig. I still haven't. And I, I imagine this is, and I've told my audience, they all know, but I imagine that just means like, it isn't our time yet. And we're going to have this like beautiful, amazing moment. (laughs) Um, Have you met Craig? Tell me.
1: I met Craig. Have you like talked to him in DMs or anything or?
0: No. And he told one of my audience members, tell her to DM me, which I have, but I'm probably stuck in requests. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a lot. Can, you, can, um, we,
0: can we work something out here, Morgan?
1: Okay. <laughs> okay something well, out. fun fact. And I think really this is the reason why, you know, I caught Craig's attention and this is years ago now, but Craig and I have the same birthday we're both, oh. yeah, we're both February 9th babies. So, you know, Didn't on my birthday, you know. hold on,
0: let me put it in my, calendar. yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. On my birthday, I would be like happy birthday to me and my birthday twin, you know, Craig Conover or whatever. Um, so we've, we've talked occasionally, but I will say I just now got the follow this weekend. So on. I know on. it took three years though. It took three years and I saw him in his photo op. And I was there with my friend, Larry, who runs um, Bravo by Gaze, which is like one of my favorite Instagram accounts. And, you know, um, Larry is really good friends with Paige. So I, we get up there and like Paige recognizes me. Wait, Trent- Larry at which account? Bravo by Gaze.
0: Yes. And I have a listener who always tells me about, okay. I'm And I've been DMing with Bravo by Gaze. So, He's okay. Okay. I keep, him. keep it going.
1: So <laughs> I met Craig last year and he didn't, he didn't recognize who I was. And it kind of hurt my feelings because I was like, oh, like, damn, you know, like I love Craig. I always hype him up. And actually after Bravo con weekend was over, I get a DM from him and he's like, Morgan, I'm so sorry. I only recognized it was you as you were walking away. I have it in my notes app to like DM you and say, sorry. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. So then this year I go up to him and I hug him and he's like, what's your name? And I'm like, Craig, it's Morgan. Like we have this conversation every year. And he's like, oh, he's like, you know, the photo ops are so fast that you're kind of all over the place. But he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, this is crazy. And then after that, I got the follow. So we're good. I think- I find a good word for you, Donna. You
0: got you got to work something out, okay? <laughs> I Listen, I will help you with whatever you need. I'm um, I'm telling you I think when it comes to these people, like they have a big job to remember everyone's names oh, that yeah. they've met before. Can you imagine how no. many people they're meeting? Yeah. And they know that they've seen you but they can't remember your name right off the top of it. I I think that's amazing that they even remember that any of them even remember. It's it's pretty pretty incredible, but I uh yeah, Craig is always—he's my number one Bravo crush. Who's yours?
1: Oh, my number one Bravo crush. I would have to say historically, it's also been Craig. I liked Craig even when he was like pretending to be a lawyer, you know? going <laughs> like, in his living yeah, room. Yeah, And I would be like, "Oh, I love Craig," and people would be like, "Morgan, why? Like, do you see what's going on on the TV?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and no, I don't care. I like him.
0: So, are you saying that we should fight? for Craig,
1: actually, th- and this also might be an unpopular opinion. You can have Craig. I also love Schwartz, and I know that's a hot take, but I, can I, see it. I, I don't know. I just love his personality. Everyone, dog. T- everyone says my husband like resembles him a little they bit. They do. So that that's a story for another day because they also met this weekend.
0: Were they boys?
1: They were boys. Um, did you know that I was st- in a hotel room with Tom Sandoval this weekend?
0: I saw something about this, like Tom Sandoval crashed your podcast. Wait, explain.
1: Yeah, so this was wild because I knew that I was going to do a live podcast in Vegas and um, the podcast company that I work for, heard at, they set up a virtual podcast studio at the Delano Hotel, which is where all the young cast was staying, which I didn't know. Vanderpump Rules, Southern Charm. Southern Charm,
0: Winter House, Summer House.
1: They were all staying at that hotel. So I told my boss, I was like, we can come, you know, Saturday after BravoCon or Sunday after BravoCon is over. Like David will give his perspective of the weekend. It'll be so funny because he has no idea what's going on. So he was like, "Okay, yeah, can you come from five to five Do you know um, Malia and Katie from Below Deck? Of course, so they're, they're on. Also- they're on
0: Winter House this season.
1: Yes, so they're also on um, our podcast network. So oh, that's right. Yeah. And so he, my boss was like, can you come from five to five 30? Malia and Katie are going to come from five 30 to six and we can just kind of go back to back. And I was like, sure. Um, and you know, I know their, their schedules are crazy. So I was like, what we can do is David and I can record until Malia and Katie get there. And when we do, when they come in, we'll just wrap so that they have enough time to get their own podcast episode out. What we did not know was that Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval were the guests on Katie and Malia's podcast. Oh my gosh. And so we were expecting Katie and Malia to walk through the door, um, but Sandoval showed up first before any of them. So... Literally just walks right in? Yeah, I see someone opening and and shutting the door and I couldn't see like who it was, but it was cracked. And David had a better line of sight. And I saw his eyes like get kind of wide and I just thought it was the girls because I was expecting them and it was around that time. And so I lean over and I see someone like peeking and I just say, you can come in thinking that it's Malia and Katie and it's Tom Sandoval by himself with his, with his manager. And I was like, I mean, you, and I hope to God that I was professional because in that moment, you're like the most infamous man on Bravo TV just walked through the hotel room door and like, Mm -hmm. you weren't expecting that whatsoever. Um, so yeah, we wrapped up very quickly Wait, was he watching
0: you finish your podcast? Yes. And I was like, you forgot your name. (laughs) Yeah,
1: thank God we already talked about the Vanderpump Rules panel and meeting the Toms at the photo op. Like we were getting ready to end anyways. Um, So we wrapped up. And, um, I had told Pat, I, I really want to wait. And this was before Tom came in the room. I said, I want to wait until Katie and Malia get here. Um, a, just to say hi. Cause we haven't had a chance to connect all weekend and B to maybe talk about when they can come on, on my podcast show next. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, totally, totally fine. So, What I, what I really didn't expect was Tom to be so early and everyone else was so late. I mean, like 25 minutes late. So we wrap up in a hurry thinking that everyone's going to come through the door and then they don't. And so we're just sitting in this hotel room, me, David, Tom Sandoval and his manager and Ryan, right? My podcast producer, Pat, was there. And it was just the, I mean, it was like the twilight experience, um, People have been asking if he was nice. I think we caught him at a bad time. He wasn't mean. Like, don't, don't get it. He like was, um, he just wasn't necessarily like overly warm, but he did say when he came in, he was like, I just woke up from a nap. Um, I chugged this coffee. I needed to kick in. He was kind of like in a daze. And then I also think he was super annoyed with Schwartz being so late because oh. he was like, Michael Rapaport is downstairs. He's. Oh
0: yeah. Because Michael's on their show, on his yeah. show too. Yeah. yeah.
1: So literally it was like my podcast episode, then Malia and Katie's, and then right after was the Toms and Michael Rappaport. So he was like, oh, they're so late. Like, this is so annoying. So I feel like we just got that that energy, but it wasn't necessarily our fault. Mm -hmm. I will say he was the nicest to us. And he kind of let his guard down after we started talking to him about his band uh, because we were like, what are you doing? Like, you coming back to Vegas for the F1, whatever that's going on? He's like, no, we're going on tour. And I told him, I said, my friend went to your show in Orlando and she had a great time. And that was like the first time that he smiled. He was like, He's really? like, Wait, wait, you're talking about me yeah, and how yeah. amazing I like, am. I'm happy now. He was <laughs> like, Really? Like she liked it. She had fun. And I was like, Yeah, she said you guys had a great band and she had a good time. So it was just one of those things where it's like, only well, in Vegas, right? Would Tom Sandoval walk through your hotel door and you have to sit there with him for 25 minutes.
0: That is so interesting. Now, do you think because I was talking, I had Teddy Mellencamp on my show earlier this week and, you know, we were talking about how certain people boo Mm -hmm. people that they don't like and he got majorly booed on that panel. I wasn't there, but you were there, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I was told that the second he got off stage and everywhere he was walking around, people were dying for a picture with him and like screaming his name. Do you think that fans like truly hate him or actually secretly love him?
1: I think it's a weird, I think it's one of those weird things where it's like, kind of like what I was saying earlier with Kyle, where I might have a negative opinion about something that he does on a show, but he's still a superstar. You know, he's still on Bravo. He still has that allure of I watch you every week on my TV and especially someone like Sandoval, who has been in the game for 10 years and who, I mean, I don't know if I have the unpopular opinion, but before – Scandoval. I loved the Toms. I mean, the sidecar and, you know, just them being so goofy. I just yeah, love them. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things where you still see them as a famous person in your mind. And if you have the opportunity, you're going to, you're going to get the picture with them. Their photo op line was very long. So yeah. I feel like also maybe the initial anger has died down a little bit. I feel like it also has for people like Erica Jane, who is getting a bit of a, not a redemption storyline, but definitely a more likable.
0: Oh my God. We'll talk about Beverly Hills in just a bit and how she's like totally a different person this season.
1: Right. Right. So I don't know. I think it depends who you ask.
0: Yeah. I, I, I find it interesting. I definitely would want to, um, if I'm, if I met Tom Sandoval, I'd want to meet him. Like, I wouldn't be like, ew, gross. Right. But I'm not like that with any of right. these stars. You know, okay. some people take it so personally. I've seen some of the comments that come in for these people. It's, it's crazy. It's almost like, but you wouldn't say it in real life. You would say it right. behind a keyboard. I don't know if you would say it in real life. Right. Um, was anyone, did it, did you meet anyone that was like shocking in a mean way or a cold way that you were like, well, that wasn't great.
1: Honestly, no. Everybody was super nice. Um, yeah. And not to sound like a broken record. I feel like just the most awkward interaction was definitely with Kyle, but it got better as the conversation went on. Oh, Kyle
0: Cook. I thought you meant Kyle Richards.
1: No, no. Yeah. Kyle Cook. Um, I will say I met James Kennedy tw- two different times and I had very different experiences, which is kind of weird. Um, I met him like straight out the gate on Friday, like 10 a.m. And Um, maybe it was just the nerves because he was really like, hi, I'm James, you know, maybe like the shots hadn't kicked in yet, but as he was, was he was just
0: calm or what?
1: Yeah. And like, I don't know, David took a video, um, of me like walking up obviously to make like a collage or whatever. And it just was awkward. Like those situations are just awkward, I guess. Um, but I was like, uh, do you like do hugs or am I allowed to give you a hug? And he was like, Yeah, like that. But later in the day when I saw him at a Bravo Palooza, which was at like two o'clock, he was like, oh, yeah, you want a picture? You want a picture? You know, like just totally different energy levels. It probably had something to do with the amount of alcohol that he had drank up until that point. Um, But I thought it was just interesting that, you know, I met him twice in the same day and had two totally different experiences.
0: I mean there's no question that some of these people have to turn it on or do turn it on or are introverted and then yes when they get a little drinks in them they like yeah. come out of their shell. Don't tell Bethany. Right. But um but we'll, we're going to get into the Bethany uh comment that happened in the interview or the variety article that came out yesterday. So we've got a few stories you guys today. Thank you so much for that behind the scenes. Bravo Khan from your end and and you guys go listen to her show so we can hear how awkward it is when Tom Sandoval crashes. <laughs> but um, but I want to talk about like a couple different things that came out yesterday. So yesterday morning, a Variety article comes out where they basically are talking to the NBC Universal t- boss, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is um, Frances Berwick. So she is a huge, obviously a huge like superstar executive at NBC Universal and Bravo. And a lot of the former talent, when they talk about Bravo, they mention Francis, Francis, Francis. So she's got a big, um, A big like part in all of this Real Housewives Bravo amazingness. So she was interviewed about BravoCon and I thought a couple things were really interesting. Number one, they were talking about how they came up with BravoCon because they would notice at these ad sales meetings, you know, people were so obsessed with meeting the reality stars almost more than they've ever been around real like TV stars or or movie stars, so they said, like, maybe we can do something along the lines of a Comic-Con for Bravo. And at first, they started it just kind of for fun, and now they are like, no, this is actually a business. Oh, I mean, yeah. They are making bank from Bravo. I'm, I'm sure. You saw how the, the something about her and Lay's were partnered up, and Pepsi was a sponsor, and um, State Farm yeah, it was everywhere, right? Jake yeah, we State met Jake Farm. from
1: State yeah. Farm. Like, when does everywhere. that ever happen?
0: <laughs> I know it was it was crazy. It really became like a big business. And think about I mean, how much was a VIP three day ticket? Can you remember off the top of your head?
1: It was twelve hundred.
0: Twelve hundred. And you guys think that you know there are definitely some network, um, you know, reporters or. Access Hollywood, E-news people, Mm -hmm. they get press passes, but most podcasters don't get press passes. It's really, really hard to.
1: Yeah. Unless you have an organization backing you. So unless you're like a page six or a Betches or you, there was no independent creators that got a press pass. You had to be there on behalf of even like a Sling TV or a direct TV. Um, So there's no hope for me and you. <laughs>
0: no, we're screwed. We're screwed. Unless I get a job like working for NBC in the next year. Right, right. But, um, but, but I mean, what, what we can do is write it off. It obviously is a right. little bit of a business expense for us, but it's so expensive to go to BravoCon. Yeah. I mean, it really is. So if you do the VIP, if you're lucky to get the number one, how the hell did you get the VIP? Was it just luck?
1: Yeah. So, um, if you are a Bravo, are you Bravo insider?
0: Yes, but I didn't do it well this year. But now, now, now I'll know for next year. You get like the advance.
1: Yeah. So the Bravo Insider tickets go on sale a day earlier yeah. than the rest of the tickets. But you do you you have to sit there at your computer, and when the clock strikes eleven, you know you have to be on it, or you are going to miss it.
0: It's very era's tour.
1: It's very scary. It is like gives me major anxiety like I'm almost on the verge of tears every year yeah. because you just don't know and I've seen some of my friends like not be able to get tickets and it's like oh my gosh I would die if I yeah. wasn't if I wasn't there.
0: No, it, it it's there I wish there was a way for them to like divvy it out to people that, you know, have to be there for work and whatnot. Right. But so, and then of course flights and everything. So BravoCon is a moneymaker for them and that's why they're going to continue to do it. And Andy Cohen was asked so many times during the event about, you know, Bethany and the Bethany reality reckoning, like a couple of people asked when he was on panels or the ask Andy. And then I saw a great clip of Bryce Sander interviewing him, um, like on a one-on-one and asked about this And the expose, you know, the big uh, uh, Vanity Fair expose that gave us nothing. Mm -hmm. And Andy said, it's at the bottom of my list. Like, it is not a concern. And that's kind of what I was thinking too, whereas Bethany is 100% talking about how everyone's boots are shaking. Like, they are so scared. They're scrambling. They're freaking out. It's so interesting. Which one do you think is true?
1: I think it's somewhere in the middle, probably, because – You know, he did say something along the lines of, you know, every company has its problems, which is true. But on the other hand, and I know we talked about this last time you were on my show, like if Bethany really had a leg to stand on, she would be suing them and she's not. So it's 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 more. There's nothing to be shaking in your boots about. There's one lawsuit from Leah McSweeney, which we discussed, we don't think is going to stand up in court. So it's like, okay, so you're going around saying that, you know, we force people to binge drink. Well, there are many sober people on our stages, so that's not true. You know, we, should we get residuals? Maybe. Should there be better, you know, mental health support on set in reunions and stuff of that nature? Sure. Sure. Like, so I think he definitely isn't shaking in his boots. Nobody likes this amount of bad press. I mean, you know, especially because she's like on the war path to tear him down. Um, so I think he is telling the truth, but I also think he's downplaying it a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think there is definitely um... – it probably feels like they're on an episode of Real Housewives because it feels like your old friend is really coming at you like directly. Um, but I think when you're at a BravoCon or when you're kind of just even seeing it on TV, you're recognizing the the energy behind it yeah. and that there is no stopping this machine. Like it's going. And yeah. even if they cl- slow down the drinking and even if they add residuals and whatever, like, we're gonna still watch because these yeah. characters are so wackadoodle, and <laughs> if they do good casting, which they have, the alcohol is not necessary. Look at Uba; like Uba is so out there and personable. And Lala. And Lala, Uba. Um, I can't say the same about Carl. Yeah, I really can't. Not I know, gonna lie. I know. Um, and Jenna Lyons is not like that. Over the top or anything, but Kyle Richards candy is in
1: Harris, yeah.
0: Candy and Kyle is in this like season right now where she's going to have her biggest season, and I want to get into Beverly Hills in just a moment because you know she's not drinking this season. So Frances did say about um, the Bethany question. She said the question is, "What do you think generally about the so-called reality reckoning?" As former Bravo star Bethany Frankel has termed it, she said. I think that we have had a mutual beneficial relationship with Bethany. We have stayed in touch, including when she pitched us three shows and the three shows were all around Bravo or a Bravo IP. So this is the interesting take, you guys. Bethany has always said that she pitched one show and it didn't go. But apparently, according to this, which I believe, it says there was one about a real housewives camp that she wanted to run for real housewives kids. (laughs) (laughs)
1: which part of the thing was also like don't exploit the children right such a big part of her story is like
0: all these kids that got taken advantage of and she was pitching a show taking advantage and exploiting the kids Mm -hmm. you guys this is insane then she also said there was one around her podcast that is called rewives because it's about how it's
1: not gonna be we're gonna sit there and watch you interview someone like we can watch it on youtube if we really wanted to and also, um,
0: Francis says we found that to be too similar to another show that we have on the network on every night, which is Watch What Happens Live. Right. And then um, the final one was a spinoff of a cast she wanted to recommend for The Housewives in Another Town, so basically a Housewives it's type city, show. Yeah. So she says, Francis says, I'm generally disappointed. We care very much about our talent. We think we have really good relationships. We have we care about them, et cetera. We're incredibly em- empathetic. We want them to prosper and we want them to feel good. Um, she says that they give them a lot of guidance because they know when they go on shows, they're going to get, you know, basically murdered on social media, which is part of the job. Mm -hmm. Um, don't take it to heart and just like kind of work through it, but she is disappointed. And then Bethany, of course, was reached out by Variety and her comment says me pitching shows to, should I do it in a Bethany voice or not? Um, Uh, me pitching shows to Bravo months before opening my eyes, isn't the smoking gun that they think they have. And if it's their biggest argument against the reality wrecking, they better get to the back to the drawing board. So come at me, bro. She didn't say that, but I feel like that's something she would say.
1: I feel like it is a smoking gun. It 100% is. It's so, like, yeah.
0: That's but this is Bethany's way that she kind of goes around it. It's like everything that everyone has against her is not a big deal, right. but everything she has against someone else is it's like, stop what you're deal. doing. Yeah. This is major. Yeah. I I really wonder if this weekend was like torture hard for, for Bethany. Yeah. yeah. I can't Pretty imagine hard. it not being.
1: I think it was. Yeah. I mean, especially because... You know like you said the energy was so good people were so excited to be there even and i'm sure she you know was keeping up with things that andy was saying and you know everyone was like everyone there i mean he got asked a a lot about it on the panel i went to his the ask andy panel on friday and he was like i mean look at how much joy is in this room right now like this is what we focus on we focus on this is supposed to be fun funny shows that is an escape from your own reality. It's supposed to bring you joy. And then even the screenshot that he posted on his Instagram story. Did you see somebody, somebody DM'd him and, and they were like just raving about the weekend. Like, I needed this so badly. You have no idea. I'm going through so much. I've never laughed so much. I've never made so many friends. Yeah. So I definitely think... I mean, nothing bad happened at BravoCon. It wasn't like... New York was a little rough. You know, there were kinks that weren't worked out. It's like the the VIP ticket was kind of a mess. There were really long lines. Oh, so New York
0: um BravoCon. I yeah. thought you meant real housewives of New York. Okay. No,
1: no, yeah. So BravoCon last year was was like kind of a mess. And there was none of that bad publicity this year. It was really an enjoyable experience for everyone, and I'm sure that drove her a little a little nuts.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was I, I don't know. I thought it was great. I, 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 and the Ruth, did you see the old woman Ruth? Oh yes. Forget I, it.
1: I, I know. Were you so. in that panel? Were you there? No, I,
0: I really didn't spend a lot of time around panels and I'm going to do things differently next year, but whatever. We'll talk about it another time about my game plan. I, I'm <laughs> going to have a game plan. I hear it's in Vegas again next year.
1: I heard that too.
0: So we need to book our tickets ASAP. Right. <laughs> um, Okay, let's also talk really fast about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Oh my gosh. Obviously the episode aired on Tuesday. It's Thursday today. So I talked about it yesterday and I've always really felt strongly throughout the beginning of this, since the beginning of the season, there's something about Monica. I do not trust on Monica's side. Now, Monica does have fans out there. So I know a lot of you guys may at me here, but I honestly feel, um, you know, really strongly that there is something to not be trusted around her. I don't love the mom storyline. I feel it's weird to bring that on a show Especially
1: intentionally the first season. You know, right off the yes. bat. Yes. Um I've gone back and forth with how I feel about Monica. I will say the first um the first big fight that she had with her mom at the Easter thing um I was actually on Monica's mom's side, which I know some people will be like- Me too. Me too. Because I was like, if this was my mom, she would drag me out of that place by my hair because- Oh my God. In the moment, my mom wouldn't care in the moment, okay? Okay. She wouldn't care about whether or not I was right or wrong. She would care about the fact that I'm making myself look like a fool in front of yeah. all of these people because they don't know what's going on. The other people at the party have no idea what you guys are fighting about. All they see is you're sitting there screaming and the other girl is sitting there calm. So it's it's about the optics, right? And it's on camera. So my mom would be like, stop making yourself look like an idiot on camera and mm-hmm. like. Let's do this some other time. Now, obviously the dinner conversation between her and her mom kind of, I was like, oh, okay. I don't love the mom. You know, like this is definitely, there's a weird relationship here. You mean
0: the one when she's eating guacamole, her dessert?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like so grossed
0: me out thinking about that whole experience. Like, Like, And then looking for the aspirin. What a mess.
1: Right. So I'm like, okay, Monica has some merit when it comes to not having the best relationship with her mom. But then, you know, this story comes out, which I know we're going to talk about, of her suing Beauty Lab and, you know, counter-suing and all these things. And it's like, and now it like, makes you, there's a lot of drama surrounding Monica. So and let's let's
0: go over this really fast, so and then we'll talk about it. Basically, it comes out yesterday that, well, during the weekend, I just want to let you guys know, during BravoCon, which is in real time, Monica was alone all weekend, according according to everyone, meaning yeah not one Salt Lake City cast member wanted to be involved with her not mm-hmm. Lisa not Angie K not um Whitney like all the people that she's kind of had um, friendships with not Heather. No one, and no one really knew exactly what was going on. But basically, it came, comes out yesterday that Monica and Heather Gay are going to court because Heather Gay owns Beauty Lab and Laser, and Monica apparently had gone to Beauty Lab to spend. It was a larger amount, and I don't know a few, a couple thousand dollars. I think like twenty five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And when she went, she paid a four hundred dollar down. This is for like. Botox and fillers. Yeah. She paid $400 down payment and a $49 setup fee for the cosmetic services, but then never paid again. She was supposed to pay $200 apparently a month for, you know, 10 months or whatever Mm -hmm. and never paid. And so beauty lab is now going to, is suing her, not Heather herself, but it's Heather's business, suing her over the missed payments. But Monica, instead of just saying, oh shit, got to pay them. I signed a contract which you do when you buy packages like this, I'm sure. Is now counter-suing mm-hmm. because she's accusing them of giving her a botched nose and lip injections. Oh my god. In my <laughs> in and so Garcia Monica is seeking a to be decided amount at trial for consequential consequential damages less than $50,000. You guys, this is bad news bears. All of it is bad red flag city for Monica, yeah. in my opinion. I've gotten bad Botox before. I have. Like I I go to Botox every, you know, three months or whatever. And I've gone to providers that are establishments and I signed the whole thing and I have paid for it. You know, I don't do a big package like that, but $500 and I'll come home and a couple weeks later, I'm like, I don't love it. Like there's something that's
1: yeah. so either I
0: call them and ask for them to fix it if they can. And most of the time they do. Yeah. Or I just like eat it as a Let loss. Yeah. Let it go. What the hell is she doing? What is the deal?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's bizarre. And like you try to come up with a justification in your head on why she would. Like it's more about maybe for her it's more about like public image, you know, where it's like, okay, I don't want to be looked at as the cheap housewife who doesn't pay. So I'm going to do this in return. But it's not like you said, it's not helping her public image. It's just making us think, okay, Monica is the drama. Like we've been kind of questioning it all season where we see like glimmers of her being the issue. And then you're like, Oh no, but she's got some stuff going on. I don't know what to think, but if it becomes, if there's so many problems and you're always a part of the problem, then you are the problem.
0: Am I the drama? I mean, right. we 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 talk that's all we talk about on the show, you know, the Jeff Lewis's of the world. And so it's it's people that are constantly going through situations where they're getting their hands in like muddy water. Mm. Why couldn't Monica just say, you know what, I'm not happy with this. Let me deal with this privately. For them to sue her means most likely that they attempted multiple times to collect payment. Right. And she wasn't, I, I'm surprised it's a suing situation and not like a collection yeah. situation. That's I, small I
1: in court. <laughs> it does feel a little
0: personal, but I feel like we need a Judge Judy situation on yeah. this. And I would love to see Heather Gay and Monica in court. Monica is not to be trusted in my, like, my spidey senses or have been up with her the entire time.
1: Yeah. I mean, what was the quote that Heather said? Like everything that comes out of her mouth is lies. Mm-hmm. So it's just time will tell. I mean, you know, they didn't have a Salt Lake City panel. I don't think for this reason, but because the reunion is going to be filmed soon. Oh so my like, God. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. They were never, they were never even on stage together. And maybe they knew this before we all knew this, you know, and knew that they couldn't be on a stage together because she was suing It her was going to come
0: out. Together. And yeah, yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, I don't even, I don't know when they're filming the reunion, but it's supposed to be soon.
0: I think, I think that, you know, look, Heather is not perfect and she's definitely had some effed up. Um, Like last season was pretty bad on Heather's side. Like people really turned on her, but I freaking love Heather as a mother. I love, like, she's a. A business owner, a, an amazing mm-hmm. business owner. She has a very successful business that I've never heard bad press about. Maybe it's not the best or whatever, but Botox and cosmetic procedures are so um, like subject. Like it's so personal yeah. that some people don't like. It's just like going to your hair, right? Yeah. It, only Monica is going to find the person. She's going to be the person that's going to sue. It's just so typical.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did. I thought that there used to be a rule That if you were on the show together, you couldn't sue each other because it ruins the show. I mean, if they sue each other, is one of them going to come back next year? Are they both going to come back next year? Like Mm -hmm. It kind of seems like you're already making that decision. Because does NBC want to deal with that? No. Like, does Bravo want to deal with that? Not really. Um, But also it reminded me, and this was kind of like debunked pretty early on. um, But I mean, it just triggered the thought. Last year when nobody could figure out um, the black eye situation, people thought it was bad injections at Beauty Lab and Laser because that's people were like, I remember that. That's why she's keeping it quiet because she doesn't want you know, to throw her business under the bus and whatever, whatever. I mean, I feel like um, people that actually do the injections, I saw like some video where they're like, it's not possible for it to look like that from bad Botox or fillers. I've but never that's seen my, such a
0: black eye from r- fillers. right.
1: Yeah. right. Yeah. That's where my mind went immediately. Well, they cover it in this season.
0: Heather was asked in, on some panel about the black eye and she said we do touch on it in season four. So we will learn hopefully more about that black eye. But guys keep Monica at arm's length. I just feel it. I feel it. So let's get really quickly into the TV that we watched last night because there was such good TV and it started with Real Houses of Beverly Hills. They went back to Vegas. It's like we were just there and here they are in Vegas and they went to, all the women went for Crystal's 40th birthday to um, Resort World in Vegas, which I think it's like off the strip somewhere. I don't really know where it is. And it looks like um, they had an amazing room and they had this like gorgeous setup and they go to Magic Mike and this is where the big Sutton drama happens. (laughs) So just to kind of give you guys a little background, you know, earlier in the day, Sutton is saying how you need to wear pants to go to Magic Mike if you want to be asked up on the stage because they do crazy, you know,
1: dancing, right? Right.
0: And have you ever been a magic mic? I have not done it.
1: No, I haven't. I would not. I would not do well in that environment. (laughs) After
0: seeing last night, I want nothing to do with it. Like it was to me, it didn't turn me on or make me. I was very. I
1: was thinking the whole entire time, like now I wouldn't storm out and I wouldn't cause a scene. But like when Sutton like put her hand on her head and turned the other way, I was like, that would be me. (laughs) Like that would be my energy in the magic mic. Perform. It was I, – I think I would have, like,
0: fun watching. but I just wouldn't want to be up there. Yeah. But,
1: um, but so
0: she decides that she needs to wear pants. And the pants becomes, like, this conversation that we're hearing about multiple times. She says it on the plane. She mm-hmm. says it, you know, earlier when she's talking about how she never wears pants. She can't find the pants. And she has to bring Avi, her amazing assistant, who, by the way, is, like – it feels like casting.
1: Yeah. It feels like
0: someone put out an actor notice, you know, we need a fun gay assistant who, like – can take Sutton shit. And it's obvious. Right. It, like, it works out really well. But Sutton finds these white pants. She puts them on. She looks a little bit like a grandma <laughs> in Vegas. Like, you see Erica with her black latex pants. Everyone yeah. looks, like, really hot. And Sutton's got, like, a pearl, like, lace. White, white pants. Self. Yeah. <laughs> so they, get, they can't put her up on that stage. Anyway, they sit down at Magic Mike. They get these amazing seats. And they get these tickets through Erica Jane's like choreographer guy, Mikey. And during the show, they ask a couple of the girls to come down and be part of this like strip tease, and they ask Crystal, it's her birthday, and Erica Jane, and they proceed to have the most insanely over the top sexual situation going on when Erica opened her legs and that man got his head in her legs and yeah. I saw Erica's head come up and like look I felt like I was like watching too. Much. I was like, "Is this, yeah, this nice channel? Is this like right. what are we watching?" Right. But Sutton very quickly goes from having fun to being bummed and saying to Garcelle out loud, "I'm so bummed that I'm like I can't believe I wore pants." Yeah. And then getting so offended and so upset by the whole thing that she stormed out. Why was Sutton mad, in your opinion?
1: Because she wasn't on stage. I mean, it's it's so obvious. You don't reference the pants multiple times, multiple times. But I think, um, you know, I'm on the the ballet foundation. It's an easy out for her to say that, you know, because she can't say as a grown adult, I'm mad that I didn't get to go on the stage. You know, it's very like childish of her. But she can say this makes me feel uncomfortable. And even like, Crystal, she nailed it when they were in the van and she's like, okay, but we didn't feel uncomfortable and we were the ones that were up there. So how do you, you know, reconcile that? And she didn't have an answer for it. So, she,
0: like, yeah,
1: I think that, I think that what
0: happened was it was giving Ramona in season one of Rony reunion when Alex McCord had posed nude and Ramona was like, I, I can't be on the stage. Right. I cannot be on <laughs> the stage. And then cut to Ramona being Ramona. But. I, I 100% do think that this was a moment where she was bummed. She probably, look, the whole season, we've seen a lot about her dating and she's struggling kind of connecting with men and she doesn't have a boyfriend. And like, she wanted that attention. And Cecile, who's watching here live, said straight up, I mean, I'm just going to highlight this. She wanted the D in her face, sorry. <laughs> and and she did, 100%. Yeah. And I know, I, I know that she knows that she did, but this was her way of saying like, I'm not being chosen, you know, I'll never yeah. forget. I went to a bachelorette party years and years ago before I was ever with, you know, my husband and we met a bunch of guys and they were all like hooking up and like a bunch of the girls were hooking up and a bunch of the guys, you know, together with the guys and everyone had like their person and one of the girls didn't have one. And she was so freaking mean to all the other girls. Like she like found reasons to yell at us because I think there is a level of, you know, Jealousy. It's a jealousy slash why didn't I get picked? Yeah. FOMO weird thing. And, and I could tell it like really upset her, but let's talk about her dynamic with Kyle Richards, which is so, so confusing. Yeah. Now I will put point out Kyle has never looked better than she did in this episode, in my opinion, like, and by the way, so many comments are saying you look like a young Kyle. I get do that, get that a lot, all the time.
1: Actually, I do get that a lot.
0: Yeah, people are obsessed with um with talking about how Kyle is, uh, you know, how Kyle looks and what she's going through and stuff. But in this episode, she looks phenomenal. And she's actually really fun and funny in this episode, I thought. But she has this weird dynamic with Sutton. It was the same thing we saw last season. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Do you think she hates Sutton?
1: <sighs> I don't know. I think it's hard. I think she wants to give Sutton the benefit of the doubt. You know, I see like her wanting to kind of include her or whatever. And then I also think that she just can't really deal with the dramatics of Sutton. And then maybe she's thinking like, oh, Sutton, I do try to give you the benefit of the doubt. And I do try to be your friend and whatever. And then this is what happens. Like, it kind of gives me the why do I try Yeah, vibe, you know, especially when they're like cussing each other out at the end. I feel like Kyle's saying in that moment, why do I even try with you Sutton? Because this is what I get in return.
0: Well, we all, we have to know that Sutton is not like the most liked person by Kyle. We know this through Teddy, obviously, because Teddy has such issues with Sutton. So I assume it's related, Mm -hmm. Um, but they do not get along. And I think Kyle pokes at Sutton's. Like, she pokes at Sutton in a weird way. She should have just known in her own heart that Sutton was obviously jealous and was unhappy. But instead of just, like, letting it be and being like, okay, I get it, the ballet thing and, like, rolling your eyes, yeah, she needs to tell her, like, why are you making such a big thing? Why are you doing this? She really wants to trigger Sutton. And I feel like this is, like, and we've all had friends like that before. It doesn't feel safe. It's like, are you on my side or are you against me? Yeah. And I do think that Kyle really, truly does not like Sutton.
1: I feel like she also may be a little bit threatened by, I think the combination of Garcelle and Sutton and how liked they are together by, you know, us as viewers. I feel like they're fan favorites. And I mean, it drove Lisa Renna crazy. I mean, Erica, I feel like she probably had to have known that she wasn't going to be a fan favorite. But for someone yeah. like Kyle, who has been on the show for 13 years, has been like the center diamond holder forever, who's always last in the credits. To have this Sutton girl who drives her nuts be more liked by the public than her has to sting a little bit. Well, they always
0: say, you know, that they feel Sutton and Garcelle Pander to Twitter, Mm -hmm. meaning they do what they think the audience will like. But I don't see that anymore at all. I just think they are who they are. And maybe editing gave them a really good edit the first couple seasons. Yeah. But Sutton did show a little bit of her kookiness last night. Like, Sutton did annoy me yesterday. There's no question. Did she annoy you a little bit in yesterday's episode? I mean, it
1: was over the top. It was like, I felt bad for Crystal. It's Crystal's birthday. Right. And like what Dorit said, like these guys went above and beyond to give them the front row. And and Doreet
0: was loving that show.
1: (laughs) And like 80% of them are gone throughout the entire show. You know, it does. And they know that Real
0: Housewives of Beverly Hills is here filming. They know cameras are on them. You know that everyone in the audience knows that the girls are up there. Right. So everyone was paying attention. Attention to that probably instead of the show half the time. Yeah. Um, Erica, other than the fact that she got basically, you know, eaten out on stage, which was like too much for me. Right. Um, she's coming off very well this season so far.
1: I have a conspiracy theory that- Tell me. In Bravo villain world, sometimes it's hard when you're like a chronic or not uh, chronic. I don't know why I said that. Uh, like historic villain. That's what I meant to say. Like Lisa yeah. Rinna. Who that is your personality and you will always be that way and there's no other way to edit you besides that. But other than that, I feel like there's a two season villain arc that people get where they're like, okay, we know you can take this public heat For two seasons, be our villain for two seasons, and then we'll start to paint you in a different light so that you don't have to deal with all the public backlash for years and years and years and years. And I have that conspiracy theory that that's what's going on with Erica right now because she's had two really bad seasons for good reason. I mean, her husband... A strange husband embezzled millions of dollars. Like people are going to be pissed about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think probably she went into this season knowing that she couldn't act the same way. Otherwise, she was going to turn into Elisa Renna, who always came across that way. And then maybe, maybe production is is throwing her a bone.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you know there was uh there is a redeeming feeling with Erica, but you know, the season is young and I know we yeah. have that Denise scene coming up, which Erica basically is saying like, I am, a, you know, who I am basically a bitch. Right. And, um, but Dorit is coming. I love Dorit this season. She just comes off like, she's kind of neither here nor there. She's like a little go with the flow type. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Dorit's probably most like just anyone in the sense of like, or Crystal, I would say probably Crystal, but, um, but Kyle, other than the Sutton stuff, I thought Kyle was finally Kyle. Like the first time this season, we have not seen a normal Kyle Richards in the last couple episodes with her and Mauricio and everything that we've seen. It's almost like she needed to get away and just be with the girls to kind of come back to herself. Clearly, she's having issues with Mauricio and that is bringing out some weirdness with her.
1: Right. It's like as soon as she got away from him, she was able to let her hair down, have some fun, be herself.
0: Yep, yep. And I mean, how many of us can relate to that when
1: you're going through
0: like kind of a weird relationship and you're struggling, you know? So yeah. um, so that was I liked, I really did like Kyle. I'm trying to think of anything. Um uh oh, let's talk about that last scene. I felt so bad for Garcelle. Garcelle finally opens up at breakfast about how she felt that she is having a hard time trusting, talking to Dorit and um Basically, Dorit Kyle and a little bit Erica about her family because of everything that happened last season when they they laughed at the fact that Erica, you know, yelled at her son. Mm-hmm. Dorit immediately made it about her. It was very Lisa Barlow. Yeah, and it it was so, it was so sad to watch because some people are just like not allowed to be victims, and they they they're not letting Garcelle just like be hurt.
1: Right, and not to mention like the only reason that Garcelle feels like this is because of you, you know, like yeah. it's not like she just pulled this out of nowhere, like roll the tape. We saw the four of you like laughing it up. So she has a right to feel this way. And just because it was a year ago, doesn't mean that that makes it any easier. It's like, she hasn't, they haven't had the opportunity to show Anything different. You know, it's like actions speak louder than words. I've only seen you do this. I know you've said sorry, but that doesn't, you saying sorry doesn't convince me that it's not going to happen again in a different capacity. Uh, There's something
0: about, you know, you're not a mom yet, but when you have kids, I, I don't think this happens with anything else but with kids. There is such a mama bear experience that comes out. And I think Garcel felt this so strongly. And I I think Dorit would do the same for Jagger and Kyle would do the same for Sophia or one yeah. of her daughters. It's like does she have a daughter named So? Yeah, she does have a daughter named Sophia. Like this is who we are as mothers. And when someone out there is talking about your kid and laughing in such a like gross way, and really, yeah. even though it was mostly Mauricio and, and Kyle and PK, but Dorit was part of the conversation. That was her husband. And she just managed to not laugh. I would also never feel a hundred percent comfortable talking to them about everything. I feel like that would always. And it really hurt me for Garcelle. She had to get so upset that she was like, why do I feel like I have to apologize
1: Right in tears?
0: Why do I have to apologize for feeling hurt? You know, that is something we all have to pay attention to. When someone says they're hurt, to turn it around so that you're hurt that they're hurt. Yeah. It's it's bad.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't help. I mean, it's not like Dorit's reaction is going to rectify the situation at all. If anything, now it's just made it worse because not only does Garcelle feel like she doesn't trust them to talk about the kids, she now doesn't trust to bring up how she's feeling about it. So totally, totally Totally. backfired.
0: Totally. Okay, cool. Well, I thought it was a good episode and I'm into Beverly. Like Wednesday night TV is good. Yeah. Between Beverly Hills and now let's move on really fast to Miami. And, you know, Miami was just like it's we're still kind of setting up the season, I think it's a second episode. Um, basically the majority of the episode was cut between two parties, two events. We had Mary Soul's Gay Brunch with her um, who was there? Alexia, Lisa, Larsa,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Kiki, mm-hmm. who Kiki is like the breakout star. Love I freaking her. love that Kiki.
1: <laughs> and then
0: um the next one, the other like happy hour, was Nicole, uh, Adriana, mm-hmm. Gertie, and Julia.
1: Yes. There are
0: so many cast members.
1: There's a lot. And it's like, because there's, the friend of's feel like full-time housewives. Well, who's a friend of other than Kiki? Marisol is a friend no. of – Adriana is a friend of – yeah.
0: Wait. Oui. Still, Sull, and Adriana are friends of, why?
1: Yeah, I have no idea. They're in every it's, episode. I know. And they're like, they're just as much as part of the conversation as like Alexia or any of them, really.
0: They're pivotal. Yeah. Um. Okay. So basically, well, one thing did happen before we get into these two scenes, and we need to talk about Larsa and her boyfriend, Michael. Marcus. 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 Jordan. Michael Jordan's the dad. Uh-huh. These two are obsessed with each other. They're obsessed with each other. And I felt like we were watching a podcast ad.
1: Yeah, we were. And we're like, so (laughs) on our
0: podcast that's coming out on (laughs) iHeartRadio. Right, right,
1: right. And I it remember was- even when that that story came out that they were doing a podcast together, it's like damage control, right? Because everybody has this preconceived notion about them, obviously with the history of her ex-husband and his dad and all of the things. So it's like, how at that point it's like, how can we get people to see us and not see this headline when now that the the season's actually coming out, we are seeing them and not just, you know, what's all over page 6 or TMZ.
0: Yeah. Um, on a scale of one to 10, how interested are you in listening to that podcast?
1: Zero. Not even a I'm, one. <laughs> I'm like Mary
0: Saul when <laughs> she said the negative gay energy. If the gay energy is at zero, I'm at triple, quadruple, negative zero. Right,
1: right, right. That's how
0: I feel. So it's not interesting to me. It really is not interesting to me. But whatever. Good for her. She seems happy. Um, yeah. And then basically... You know, the other thing that kind of happened was this weird Alexia and Todd. Alexia and her husband have the weirdest red flag relationship I've ever seen. I think that they're doomed.
1: Yeah, I also was very confused throughout the entire episode. Um I think that Alexia's son has a lot to do with it. Um the older son. Yeah. The one older that son.
0: like is a 30 year old man that like mommy takes care of.
1: Yeah. That mom is still buying groceries for, you know, they got in a huge fight last season, if you remember, yeah. Um, but they're just not coming out and saying that to obviously be protective. I'm sure Alexia and Todd have had those conversations behind the scenes. Like, don't, you know, my son, this is my son. We're not going to talk about this on camera, but to me that feels like that's what it's about.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that their main fight is he feels like she's too overprotective as a mom. But you know what? You shouldn't have married her. This is always who she was. And it's not gonna change. If it hasn't changed when he's 30, don't expect a mom to change. I don't agree necessarily with the way she parents the older one. I think I understand with Frankie, the one that is struggling a little bit more, but like of course, you know, she's got to be there for him. But Peter is like an adult adult. So I don't Mm. necessarily, it was interesting when she said boys need more help than girls. I was like, that's such an interesting right. concept because most people feel like when they have sons, their sons can like, you know, financially and take care them, of yeah. themselves at a certain age. Like my husband got kicked out of his house at 18. <laughs> he was like, they were like, go, like, right. it, go fly bird. Um, not saying that that's the way to do it. Watch me. The Jewish mother ends up like, you know, <laughs> making matzo ball soup for Dylan when he's 53. So if I'm lucky. So, um, okay. But then at this gay brunch and then at the. Um, the happy hour. Yeah. The most important thing that comes out here is Gertie finally shares the sad news with the girls that she has breast cancer. I cried.
1: Oh my gosh. I couldn't. Even when she, you know, she couldn't even get the word out. Oh my gosh. It's, it's just so like a knife to the heart. And I feel like The only, I mean, I shouldn't say the only silver lining because I do feel like there's going to be good that comes out of it. You know, you're going to see the friends rally around her, support her. You're going to see a supportive husband. Um, But also, you know, at BravoCon this weekend, she came out and said that she was cancer-free. So I'm so
0: happy to hear that.
1: Yeah. And I saw a video of her, you know, ringing the final bell of her last chemo treatment. So knowing that makes it a little easier to to digest. Um, But it's it still is really hard to watch.
0: She is so I've always liked Gertie. I've always liked her energy. I'm obsessed with her husband. Her quiet sweet husband, Russell, I think is his name and her two sons and the episode last week when she was at the park talking about it and like. I don't know, just maybe it's because I'm a boy mom, two boys, like it's so hits close to home and it's got to be so, you know, scary. But I loved how Julia, number one, I loved everyone's reaction at the table because she was like, I don't want to be touched. And so there was this awkward thing where everyone is like so sad, but they didn't feel like they could hug her. She needed to hug Adriana. Yeah. Because Adriana was like, I am, Adriana is such a trip. She's such an interesting character, but we are going to be there for you. You know, I can't even do her accent. But Julia was also going through, you know, being a caretaker to Martina who has at this point two cancers when they're mm-hmm. filming. I don't know if she's fully cancer free at this point,
1: I but either.
0: I'm not sure. But she basically was like, don't feel bad for Russell because this is what we do for love. Yeah. And it's just, it's gotta be so, you know, luckily knock on wood, my life, we haven't had to deal with anything like that, but to be a caretaker of someone that's going through it. I mean, you don't think about that. Usually you always just think about the person suffering, but to be like Julia, I'm sure has had a really, really rough go as well. Yeah. But she said, you know, and I'm seeing people are talking about stuff in the, in the comments about cancer and their own situations. And unfortunately everyone's been touched by this horrible disease in Mm -hmm. some way, whether it's you or God forbid, you know, your loved ones. And it's, it's, I love that we can have these kinds of real moments on a wild and out show like Real Houses of Miami. I think it grounds the show so well.
1: Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, like we've said, you know, we watch these shows and we get invested because these are real people going through real situations that people can relate to. Like you said, you know, there's so many people even in the comments that can relate to it. And that's what makes us feel connected. That's what keeps us coming back.
0: Much more than Nicole's $25 million house that they have to redo. And her 15 cars, oh. Anthony's 15 cars.
1: Right.
0: Although secretly, I would be Nicole if I could in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would trade my life for Nicole's. Right. Oh, my God. Love her. Um. So overall, we've got some really good Real Housewives on right now. We have Miami, Beverly Hills. We have Salt Lake City. They're all so good. And what else? I'm missing one.
1: Is that it? Potomac. I mean, yeah, Potomac was great this week. First episode. Are Love. you watching Southern Charm?
0: watching Southern charm, watching winter house. Like what else? I mean, I'm watching it all.
1: Yeah. And then of course,
0: (laughs) I know it's a lot of work. I was telling Lance the other day, I was like, we have to just never watch shows together anymore. Unless you want to watch my shows. He's like, no, thanks. I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. Um, well, Morgan, where can everyone find you so that they can tune into your, you do once a week, right?
1: Yes. So I do one free episode a week and then I have two Patreons that go up. So uh, my Instagram and TikTok is Morgan P Talks, T-A-L-K-S. My podcast Morgan's Pop Talks is every Thursday. And then I do have a Patreon where I just do Bachelor content uh, every Monday. And then I do one called Extra Pop every Friday. So I mean, I cover it all. It's really uh, time consuming. So if you like all things reality TV, come say hello.
0: Oh my gosh, I love it. Are you covering Golden Bachelor or no? Of
1: course. Oh okay, okay. We have an episode tonight, yeah. right? Yes. It's is about. it Thursday
0: already? Yes. Okay. I'm excited. We'll have to talk more about that. Morgan. Thank you so much. I want you to come back whenever you have the chance because I love chatting with you. And um, I feel like I'm one step closer to Craig, which is really my goal <laughs> in life.
1: <laughs> I'll do what I can. No, thank you for having me. You're one of my favorite pages to follow as well. And I just look up to you and all that you do. So thank you Aww. for having me.
0: You're the best. Bye, Morgan. Bye, everyone. Bye, thank, you. thank you. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.
1: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S. based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues.